0: think it's a looking like a cutie. (laughs)
1: Yeah you do. Yeah that's always like. I am looking like a cutie. All the time. Episode 402. (laughs) Uh, Filters. Oh yes. (laughs) And fillers. Filters and fillers. Uh, Episode 402. How are you? I'm doing well. How are Mm -hmm. you? Spring has sprung. Uh, Kind of. Yeah. A little
0: bit. I feel like it. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they start putting up all the St. Patrick's Day stuff at the grocery store where it's like, here's your section of brisket. And, you <laughs> brisket. know, they always have I that section. I never noticed. Oh, Trader Joe's does it. What else do they have in there? Uh, like corned beef hash and like the ingredients to make stuff like that. Sauerkraut. I do yeah. notice that. Or maybe that was more common yes. in Pittsburgh. As uh, now... Ninety-nine point seven percent Irish. Do you celebrate? Uh, <laughs> Do you celebrate your national holiday? I may have to start. Do you, don't, you feel like a closer kinship now? Not so much with the Irish stuff, more with the, that Scandinavian. Um, stuff, Even though it's only like it's like just the older generations of where it yeah. comes from, but they have a, a doormat at IKEA right now that says. I think you pronounce it hedge h y g g e. It's like this concept yeah. of in scandinavian culture that i totally follow is like my favorite thing and like and now i'm like should i get that doormat
1: yeah the essence is like when you create a real cozy nest
0: yes yeah combining like outdoor elements with indoor living and like super clean and it's everything that i love and what's the doormat what does it say just hedge oh it says it on there or Higgy, Aww. or however the
1: heck you say it. I know, because
0: the way Higgy. that it's spelled is nothing like... Right, how the, you say it. Right. Which is pretty much all of the languages. We'll there. say it's Hedge. Yeah.
1: And we'll act like we're real smart. Or Higgy.
0: Or... or Whichever is cuter. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> Whichever one's correct. Yes.
0: But yeah, spring has sprung, and you'd think that means I'm going outside and enjoying um, outside, but no, I've just been at home watching documentaries like a crazy person. Oh my God. It's so... It's hard not it's to. It's hard not to. There's so many great ones. Suze. So did you see, or even have you looked at the trailer for the Gabriel Fernandez one? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Did you watch it? No. Don't. I won't. Don't. Please don't. I hope I that can't. people don't. I tell me why. Hope. I wish. Kelly said the same thing. I didn't watch it. Tell me why. It, it lives with you for a long time. Like it really does. Let's.
1: So the premise is happy.
0: that a young,
1: an eight-year-old boy was uh, tortured and tortured. abused. By his own parents.
0: His and then, mom and his mom's boyfriend.
1: Right. right. And then ultimately killed. Yes. And then the documentary, is is it one or a series? It's a series
0: of five episodes, I believe. And it's following the trial? Following the trial, but the trial is only... And the situation that went on with this child is is just one example of what's going on in the California... Child Child Welfare Service, like that department, Department of Child and Family Services. Like kids are slipping through
1: the cracks, basically. Like you
0: wouldn't believe because we have privatized, like we outsource child welfare in the same way that we do prisons.
1: No. It's for profit? It's for
0: profit. Yes. That the companies, there's a company called, what's it called? Max... I have to look it up, the name of it. But basically they are spread what? so thin that they have outsourced these private, these companies who are public companies that care about the bottom line. And so they're not – what's happening is, is down the line. And they did a Law & Order S- SVU episode about this, and now it all makes sense to me that this is what – you know how they say like unless you know what the story is in real life, it just seems like a random law and order, law and order episode, yeah. but then when you're like, "Whoa, this is you know the Harvey Weinstein thing, or this is sure. you know Brock Turner story, this is the story about the California welfare system where the supervisors of the child wel- welfare departments are ha- having to answer to their bosses that have to answer to like stockholders who oh say my God. we don't want to give out any overtime." We, and so when they need to do investigations on these children, they cut corners and they say, you know, you're not allowed to do any overtime. We can't have you go do the thorough. This is not happening once this, the very last, and, and i feel like there's no spoilers because it's just all sad. The very last 30 minutes of the, of the documentary, you think, well, surely this is like a one off thing. This could never happen again. What was it? Six months to a year later. In the same county, another little six-year-old boy is killed for the same, and had reports like just like Gabriel Fernandez did. Oh my God! Report after report after report from the teachers, from everybody saying this is going on. And the saddest thing was that both boys were—they believe it was because they were believed to be homosexual. Yes,
1: when I saw that about Gabriel, I was and like, it's like
0: a culture of that and they were saying the saddest things in that documentary that the the um uh like the hatred towards or the discrimination against like gay culture in especially in like that community yeah was so behind doors behind closed doors that like people don 't even know that it's happening, and like these kids are dying, and it 's so sad it 's like but people are are saying that there's something going on, and they 're still not doing anything so it so they put all of the social workers on trial too good, they all got off they, Why? which because they're saying like they don 't have a responsibility, they you know can only do so much or whatever. I mean, to me, it's not the individual social workers that you need to be mad at. It's the whole system that's broken. Yeah, and it's really messed up, you know. And like, it would. Oh, Wait, what if it's, it's, it's just both? Heart- though, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It, it
1: is. It is. Because they of both. could have filed. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? They could have done more. They yeah. Even within those limitations, but mm-hmm. regardless, mm-hmm. tell me this: it's so when sad. you're watching it, it's so sad. They had other kids that they did not abuse, correct? Or they yes, did.
0: they had they had two other children that were not abused, that were older. They weren't abused at all. And that's there's a, a a a thing called the child scapegoat syndrome. Yeah, where if the parent who's very sick, this is a mentally disturbed individual, identifies this child as being the cause or the purpose of the situation that they're in. Like, you know, we've talked about in the show, internalizers and externalizers. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with the problem? Do you hurt yourself or do you take out your, like the hurt and pain on yourself or do you take it out on other people? Mm -hmm. And this was a woman who, this mother who had her own tragic story, but took it out on others and really blamed. And this child was rejected the moment it was born and was sent to live with, was was living with his uncle and then – and his uncle and his partner who were so sweet and so kind and so loving. And then things happened where like the mom came back in the picture well, and then common. wanted the money that came with yeah. taking care of the child yeah. and then accused the brother uh, – the man who was taking care of this child for forever. Oh, well, you're sexually abusing him and like he's gay now. And that turned into a whole... Th- it's oh my like, God. one devastating thing. And this child is... The saddest moment... The saddest thing in that whole story... The week before he died... Was Mother's Day. Yeah. And the teacher... that He comes in... Like, beat up. And the, the teacher knows what's happening. And has reported so many times... Is trying so hard to like... You know, the, the kids in school notice... Like, something's wrong... Like, the, yeah. what's wrong with his face... And they were all making Mother's Day cards where she takes she's taking pictures of each child holding up different letters of the word mom, like and then putting them together. And this child, little thing, still made his mom a Mother's Day card and still took pictures posing and said, Like, I love my mom because she's beautiful, because she's like wrote her Mother's Day poem, and he's black and blue and bleeding from things that she help put me
1: understand through. how I, a person
0: could i don't do that to their own kid help me understand i don't i mean she clearly Unless wasn't it's like, well yeah but and she herself had been a basically just like used for sex and traded for sex uh, yeah and she was gang raped and it was Did a really sad childhood sorry? Like what's she like now? She did say, she did in her, in her statement before they convicted her. Well, she, her, so the way that they did the trial, they were going to try them together and then they separated them and they ended up trying them individually, but they are trying them for the same crime, sure. but individually. Yeah. So the male, her boyfriend, he was on trial first yeah, and they were both getting the death penalty right? and he said, not guilty. So because he went to trial for that yeah. and didn't take a plea, he got the death penalty right. and they convicted him with that. Right. And the judge made a whole statement of like, usually I don't talk about this, but you're deserving of every little bit of that. Yeah. And oh God, it's the most horrific thing. Please don't see it. Um, <sighs> and then <laughs> when her trial came out, she knew the, and her lawyers knew that there was no way she was getting off and she was 100% going to get the death penalty. So they told her to plead guilty. And she got life in prison without parole. Hmm. But she got life in prison because she knew, you know, and so she made a statement and she said, and it was so gross because in the statement she said, I hope my other two children like wise up and come see me, like smarten up. And I was like, What's that mean? Like they had not, they had just not seen her and not visited her and just left her. And so, like, she almost sounded like she was. Angry at the other children for not visiting her. Like, I hope they smarten up and come oh, see God. me. And it was like really she's gross. And I was still like, oh, she's so sick. sick. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Well, everybody that she's I know that's sick. watched it is like, don't watch it. Uh, it's, it's, some things I think are good to see because they can open your eyes to right. problems. And it sounds like this has that going for it.
0: But the cost for me and my don't, mental health, that would not don't, work. Don't, don't. It's not the right it Don't see it. And, you know, Ren was saying that. He was reading some articles about it, or saw some things online about it, and read a statement by the people who had created it. They said that they wanted it to be hard to watch, so that they people really understood just how serious this was.
1: I mean, I I hope
0: it does spark change. It point take like it, but it's like unless you are either involved in that system or can do something to help that system, or like, I mean, I felt like it was very important for me to see that for you know, what I do with my job to know why I, cause I've made CPS reports. I've yeah. made adult protective services yeah. reports and I made an adult. And you protective don't really know like what you never know what happens after they sometimes will call you, but you just hope.
1: Yeah. It's, it's awful. <sighs> you what's not awful. What Lightstream? Oh, you're like what?
0: Please, not awful at all.
1: <laughs> I saw people talking about it in our Facebook group, just comparing notes, saying like, "Has anyone tried it?" And a lot of people oh. had, which is really cool. So you can like search in our Facebook group and see what their experiences were. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, Lightstream allows you to. Consolidate your credit cards, which for a lot of people with those high interest rates, this is a godsend. It's so easy to lower your interest rate and save with LightStream Credit Card Consolidation Loan. You can get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with autopay. The application's online. You can do it with your on your phone, super quick, and you can even get the money as soon as the same day that you apply. Um between five thousand and ten and uh, hundred thousand bucks. Apply today to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get the discount is to go to lightstream.com slash brain candy. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash braincandy, subject to credit approval. Rate includes zero point five zero percent auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com slash brain candy for more information. Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Ah, that's much better news. Yeah, so I know
1: I I appreciate that you watch it though, so I can hear about it. Yeah. But I I wouldn't do it; it would be too terrible. Yeah,
0: this is definitely one where I like was like
1: mm, wished I,
0: and it like stuck with me. And for, he seemed
1: so sweet he and was the lovely, sweetest,
0: loveliest boy, so kind. Well, and it shows. So in California, they they follow the, um, I don't even know what you call it, like the guideline that their number one goal is family unification.
1: Yeah, I know. So they I hate that, try to keep
0: the family together, you know, I don't love the that. most. It, I don't either, really, because this is, it's like wonderful in a lot of situations, but the ones that are really bad, it's really, really, really bad. And one of the things that was the most, like, oh, emotional in that documentary was when they're talking about when the social workers are talking about why that's a thing and why they try to keep the family together, they show a montage, like the clip after clip after clip of the moment when a child gets taken away by CPS from the parents and how traumatizing that is for the child. And it is true. It is traumatizing. And then a human's biology, when you when this is your offspring, the, the biological instinct to protect that child and to like... You know, it's like terrifying for kids to watch. Oh my God, it makes me emotional to think, to just see, Ugh, oh, like back to back to back what that moment is like. There's a part of you that's like, man, they should just stay with the parent because that looks like so traumatizing. But when the parent is the one in, yeah, like, inflicting it's so the trauma, it's so complicated. And, you know, when I was going through my divorce or hearing and like having to go to court I was, uh, you know, Ren Ren was driving and we waited in a parking lot that was like the only parking lot that had some spots in it because it kind of looked different than the rest of the buildings. And I was like, oh, I know where we are. We're at Child Protective Services right now because they make it kind of look like a house and make it look like a little nicer Mm -hmm. out in front so it doesn't look like just like a building like that. And. He, we're like driving around looking for a parking spot, and I go, Oh, we need to drive to the other side of the lot. We can't see this right now. And he was like, What's happening? I go, that right there is a child being taken away from their family. And we saw it like a van, and the the child's crying, and they've got the officer right in there. Like they've got the plane closed one, and they've got the one right behind. And you took a whole scene, and I could see how they're talking. I'm talking to Ren about it, and I'm like, And see how he's like, you know, maintaining closeness and keeping us Because he's trying to not be, like, aggressive, but he's right there because he knows he has to, like... And it's just... And Ron was like, man, I could have... I had no idea that that was... And he's like, I could have gone my whole life and not seen that, you know? Mm -hmm. like, And just to see that, he was like, I couldn't get the image out of my head of what that was like Mm -hmm. to see a child being taken away from their family. And so I feel like, okay, well, that was hard. Don't watch this. Don't watch this documentary ever because... It is. So, that's what it is. When I write to the prisoners,
1: Whew. it's weird how you do kind of unconsciously rate things on a hierarchy of evil.
0: You yeah, know, like a totally. sliding scale yes, of how, yes. And to
1: me, the uh, hurting a child, uh, there's
0: nothing worse. Nothing in the whole world. And the things that they did to this child, it was one of those keep them in, locked up in a, uh, like the child slept in. A, a box like in a cabinet that was locked shut with handcuffs. And when they did the autopsy, the only thing they found in the child's stomach, kitty litter. Because <gasps> uh. the, the child didn't clean the, the litter box the right way, so they forced him to eat cat litter.
1: Oh my God. I mean, it's too much. That's for me. pure evil. Yeah, I don't pure get it.
0: pure evil. And I was like, yeah. Who like, do you, Who was the ringleader, the step-boyfriend? No, the mom. The mom. It, the mom was. And it was, and then, oh, it was so gross. And then, like, she, they're having a, like, they, they put them in the cell next to each other so that, and then they tape-recorded it so they can, like, hear what they were saying when they thought that they weren't being recorded. Mm-hmm. And it was like the mom started talking about, like, it was so gross. She was, like, talking about, like, well, you know, you know, he was just being a bad kid and, like, trying to get their story straight. And then she almost turned it into, like, like a sexy dialogue. Like, she... Oh,
1: God. Yeah, what and the I, hell? It was,
0: like, turned into foreplay for that, where it almost oh, sounded yeah. like there was some element of this where that they used as, like, it was... Sickening. Okay, so let's move on. Right, I please. Can't.
1: Yeah, for goodness' sake. What do you got that's fun? Please,
0: <gasps> for the love oh of God! Oh my God, it was just like sad, sad, sad. But I did see a really. Um, this came through. How did I find out about this? It came up in some sort of like I was watching a lot of the show Chopped recently, and so <laughs> okay. this documentary came up called Chef Flynn. Have you heard about this? Flynn. Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N. I have not. So there's a young boy who now, he's probably like 17 now, but at the time when he really like rose to fame and like people started really paying attention to who he was, he was probably like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. He is one a, a prodigy chef. Oh. Prodigy. How funny. Where his mom recognized, they recognize real young, this kid has a desire to cook and it okay. was one of those perfect situations that you always love yeah where she's a document like she's a filmmaker right. and the dad's a videographer or something so they documented his whole life yeah right. and they like live in LA it's amazing totally like that and could just recognize from the beginning that he really loved cooking and really had a, a passion for this mm-hmm. and so you know they they videotape him once and they're like um he's going to put on a dinner for like their family and friends and we're talking like 12 course it's all written out he's got the chef's hat he has he's turned into his entire bedroom into a kitchen where he has a bed that flips up but he's like and here's my sous vide and here's my blender and here's (laughs) my this and here's my hot pan and here's this and he goes through the whole thing and it's so cute like he just is obsessed with it what kind of food does he make we're talking uh uh well, okay, let me put it this way. So, you know, the highest rated restaurant in the world is 11 Madison Park. Mm-hmm. Number one rated. Have you seen any pictures of what the food from there looks like? No. It's some of the most beautiful food you've ever seen. These edible like tiny art. edible art. Yeah. They came out with a cookbook. When he was oh. 10 years old, he went to a signing of the cookbook. And his mom was like, you have oh, to show cute. him. You have to show him like what you made. Show him what you made. He pulls out the photos of what he made and they go, wait a sec. That's... Not a photo from our cookbook. Yeah. It was identical. That's
1: identical. So cool. They were so
0: impressed that they invited him to come to 11 Madison Park to work in the kitchen with them <laughs> when he was like 14 years really? old. Because they're like, anytime you want to come and dine. And he's like, dine, I want to work in your kitchen. And yeah. so they were like, okay. And they let him come and, and have a few days in the kitchen. But he, so he's throwing this dinner party when he's little. And And his mom is is videotaping it, and they're kind of being, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek about it. Like, oh, and at the finest restaurant. And when he watched it, he got really mad that they weren't taking it seriously. And the mom said, when I saw how mad he got that we were, I mean, taking it seriously, but, like, kind of having a laugh about it. Yeah. I realized how serious this was to him. And she started homeschooling him. She started, like, really, he has a Zagat-rated restaurant out of their house that now it's for like real for, i swear to god for real it's he's been written up by in the new york in the new york times in the la times he's in the new yorker uh of, of being a child like this child prodigy wow. he had an entire write-up in i think it was the new york times how where old he, is he now though um let me see how he's probably he's like probably like adult. 17 yeah. now 17 or 18 um, Yeah, in the movie, it says ten-year-old Flynn McGarry transforms his life, his living room into a supper club using his classmates as line cooks. Achieving sudden fame, Flynn outgrows his mm-hmm. bedroom kitchen and sets out to challenge the hierarchy of the culinary cool. world. And it is a really good one. And see, that's uplifting. It least. was nominated by he got a James Beard Award for best document documentary. That's cute. and yeah, he was born in nineteen. He's twenty-one now. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. A, a, he is, wonder if he's i'll look him up on instagram he is oh i'm oh he's definitely he's on yeah. instagram he's a hundred percent oh, I should look that up right now, but look at how cute this little guy is, oh my God, and he a hundred percent looks like he could be related to me <laughs> he him, does he looks like your he brothers looks exactly when I was watching <laughs> yeah. him his his picture as a child, I was like this look he looks like we're definitely related. Like, I just know it. <laughs> I'm like, so this funny. kid looks like a relative of mine. Oh, see, and those are the better documentaries yes, at this it's point. it's really, it's very inspiring. But then he got a lot of pushback of people saying, would he be this in this position if his parents weren't well, no. hooked up and connected in L.A., would he, you know... No, how, that is sucks. It, it's That's the facts of life. Right.
1: What do you want me to tell you? And that
0: was... And it, to see this kid kind of have to be, like, is be so proud, but then have, like, the haters out there who are, like, you know... And does that come with, like, being a child it prodigy? It does. Well, it
1: comes with success at any age. Right. I think so. I mean, I have no matter what you achieve there will be someone who poops on it Mm -hmm. like uh, for instance you have a phd but what's it in religious studies who cares about that (sighs) you know they'll find anything it's like awful but it's it says a a lot
0: about them yeah not flynn right and he got this review uh and it one of the you know his other i guess sous chefs when (laughs) after he read it was like you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a review of a guy who tried to right. give you a negative review but couldn't find anything, and so this is, and yeah. you know, because like the last line is like, well, at the end of the day, he makes a pretty good da-da-da-da, you know? And so I'm like, just give him the freaking credit. Like, this kid's yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that was so touching about it was that the mom has a lot of insight into why he became so What'd passionate about this. And, you know, she says... You know, he'll tell you that he loves food and he loves all this stuff and blah, 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 and he's creative. But really, the truth is, at the time, I was going through a divorce mm-hmm. and I was depressed. And I don't have, like, you know, because Flynn says, you know, my mom wasn't a good cook and I didn't like anything she made. So I just took over and I started making food.
1: And in his brain, that is what yeah, happened. Totally. Yeah. But
0: she saw it in such a deep way where she saw that in his, she, he has an older sister and he had mom. And they're now, she's like single mom. Dad was an alcoholic who needed to go figure his life out. And, you know, came into, back into the picture later. But at a time where mom's depressed, they're living at home. Like Like now it's just, you know, he's like the... He kind of stepped up and did that like man of the house thing, and was like, "I don't know how to fix this problem, but I can feed the girls." And (laughs) like in his mind, that was, and so he went and he's like went all in. And he can't control when you can't control what's going on in your family life. The one thing you can control is what's on the plate. Yeah, and he said, and his mom said that when he started reading about a lot of other chefs, that there are a crazy number of chefs out there who came from alcoholic families or came from, you know, families like this. And so we understood that like, this is how he controls his world and just how nice it was to hear a family talk about that and be open and accepting to somebody's like survival strategy and, and like recognizing that of like, yes, this is something that you learned as a skill to survive. And how can we kind of adjust that and allow you to utilize those same skills you know, in the grown-up world when maybe you don't need them for survival anymore.
1: This reminds me of the story of Stephen Colbert when his dad and brothers died in a plane crash. And then he, all he wanted was to cheer his mom up. And so that's how he developed his comedy and, Mm. you know, that ability. And it was out of that same desire to comfort Mm. somebody you love.
0: Mm. And it can really hone your totally talents and that's like the, that's what I'm about being able to to tune into what are those skills what are the things that have kind of helped you survive in a way you mm-hmm. know like i mean even my ability to sit there in a room and listen when there's families fighting and arguing and yelling and couples and everything and be able to be like okay in that and mm-hmm. like sit there with that and then like kind of like mediate the you know, craziness yeah. is like 100% what I grew up with and had to do as a child to survive. Mm-hmm. So like being able to find those things and like not rejecting necessarily like the trauma that you went through and and the those things, but embracing that and, and letting that kind of like, you know, recognizing the skills that came from that,
1: you know? Well, yes, I do know. Yeah, man. <laughs> One skill that came from this show is the ability to... Print postage right from my desk. Mm, Amen. (laughs) Stamps.com is the solution if you are a gal or guy who's like, you know what? I could really use some more time Mm -hmm. and save some money. I need to be
0: busy cooking or doing something. (laughs) Yes. I can't be going to the post office.
1: No, you can print any kind of postage right from your home or office. 24-7, any letter, any size, any class of mail. It's cool because you get five cents off every first class stamp, and then you can get up to 40% off shipping rates. For me, it's a no-brainer because I ship so much for my business, and it is a lifesaver. I used to be one of those like people that was constantly at the post office. Mm-hmm. And Gosh, you ship a lot. I ship a lot. Yeah. I do a lot of eBay, stuff like that. Anyway, it's just so great and convenient. And right now our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in brain candy. That's Stamps.com and enter brain candy.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, anywho, that was a much nicer, cool. lighter documentary. Yes. But I know how documentaries always try to do it where they're like... But is there a negative to this? I'm mean, like, just let him be a happy kid. And <laughs> yeah, it has to have like highs and lows, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There are definitely some good ones out there. I'm in the middle of watching that one McMillions. What's that? Oh, this is crazy. So you know the McDonald's Mo- Monopoly game? Oh, yeah. Well, I read that whole story. Oh Who knew? That was awesome. It's a whole scam. Yeah. It was... Nobody could win because it was all set up to begin with. Uh-huh. And McDonald's even knew about it after a while and we're like, eh, we make more money on this. We're not even going to bother.
1: Yeah, that guy... There was it. a
0: guy that was... He was supposed to be in charge
1: of distributing the Mm -hmm. winning coupons and whatever they call those stickers. Mm -hmm. And he figured out this really elaborate scheme. Very elaborate. I was impressed. Yes. He even like fashioned um, devices on his vest to like hide the stamps. Oh, oh, I haven't even seen that part yet. That's in episode six. (laughs) It hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. Like he was, because eventually they started sending him on airplanes and stuff with like a chaperone. And the only time he had privately was in, like, a bathroom stall. Mm -hmm. So he was, like, having to figure out loopholes. It's amazing. It really
0: is. I always
1: think about these people and think if they just applied themselves to to something that was
0: ethical, they would be much better off. Well, that was – it's funny because one of the – so there was the guy who who got all the tickets, and they haven't even told us about him yet. And then he hired or, like, got in with these, like, middle-level guys Mm -hmm. who then would – take the tickets, and they would find the winner, like find the people who were going to be the winners. Yeah. And then the winners, they would sell the tickets. They'd be like, okay, for $100,000, you get this ticket, but you have to give us, you know, they pay out, I think it's like 25000 or $50,000 a year for the next 20 years. Yeah. So they say, okay, of that 50000 you have to first pay us twenty five. Yeah. Then you get to keep, well, they don't, take taxes out. So the person who's the winner then has to pay taxes. On the whole amount. On the whole amount, yeah. not the part that they are... Mm-mm. So they're splitting that. They're left with like less than $10,000. And 10, 000, less than $10,000 a year does not sound like
1: no.
0: a lot, especially no. for the people that That's they're like recruiting. It's like your uber side hustle. Totally. Yeah. To recruit... The, and they're like, well, this leaves me in... The, and it's really sad. That part is sad. But one of the best things about this documentary... Is there is a character, a character, a real guy who works for the FBI, who is one he was at the, he's like that guy, who, he wanted to work for the FBI because he just thought it was cool, yeah. But he is a hilarious character because he's so over the top. He's so like. You want to be annoyed by him because, like, if you were to have to work with him, you'd be like, oh, Jesus Christ, yeah, this guy's annoying. Yeah, he's a goon. But he makes for a great character in a documentary because <laughs> he, like, gets the idea of how they're going to catch th- catch everybody, how they're going to. And so he says, oh, we're going to pretend like we're a production company. We're going to go and we're going to film them or we're going to ask them a bunch of questions. And so he's, like, staying in character. And, like, his favorite part about being in the FBI is, like, being undercover, <laughs> clearly. And right. he's like, got this whole, like... Yeah. He's he like likes that the caricature yes. of being it. And he just cracked me up through the whole entire thing. He's just like. Did you a ever nut.
1: participate in the McDonald's Monopoly scenario? I
0: didn't do the McDonald's Monopoly one, but I did do the McDonald's Monopoly at the grocery store that they did for a bit, which was separate than the one at McDonald's. Oh. There's like the grocery store one where. where oh. But it's not McDonald's, it's the Monopoly. At the grocery store. Oh, And then McDonald's has their own. Yeah. Yes. I always
1: participated. They've been doing that since like the 80s. The only thing
0: I got was free fries. Yeah. And uh, weren't you excited? Well, yeah, definitely. But I like rarely ate McDonald's, so. <laughs> like I would
1: get so excited. And you really would feel like you were going to win because yeah. they had a ton of uh, certain ones. But then, you know, yeah. the one you needed was the rare one. Yeah. But as a kid, you don't know that. You, you just don't. think you're one piece away from millions. Oh my God.
0: And every so single fun. person who ever won a million was part of this. Right. They all were his friends and stuff. And the, the, there are some funny characters in here. Uh-huh. So, um, and, and also just to, yeah. you're talking about is it a documentary? Yes on HBO, that's like six parts, but it, it's slow. It's being released weekly. Because
1: Ben Affleck and Dam- Matt Damon bought the rights to make it a fictional movie, so I guess that's to be
0: to oh, be coming. Yeah, out. because I want to say that one of them is the producer of this. I think I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, maybe that's yeah, what they yeah, bought." Yeah, what I is it? it was it's to make um,
1: a, a feature film.
0: Uh, 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 oh, I have, it's funny. It's like the last thing I googled. I'll find out. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that it is owned by. By one of them because I remember seeing that and being like,
1: "Huh, yeah, it's a fascinating story."
0: Yeah, it's really really interesting story, and you know, just like some one of those things where it's like, and every we don't even know what's going on, that we're like all clueless and why i think this one was a fun documentary especially fun for the fbi that whole, the whole time the fbi is talking about how much fun they had with this well because nobody's getting hurt exactly yeah it's yeah. like this is fine because you know who yeah it's wrong but it's not a big right. deal and there's and you know okay so mcdonald's is out like they make money they're fine <laughs> one billion served they're okay and uh So, you know, when you said, like, I I wish they could apply the same thing to, like, not being criminals, Mm -hmm. there was one guy in there, and they all were, like, these Italian mob bosses, guys. Right. It was a cliche. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and. the one of the wives was like, "You got to stop picking Italians from the East Coast. They're going to get God. suspicious." So, like, she called her friend, who was a woman of color from Jacksonville, Florida, who they involved in it they got because like they're like, "Yes." It was like God. they're like, "We can't keep doing this. We need the same like same guys oh from they're, they're like affirmative Italian actioning. guys, right? Totally." <laughs> and she was like, "We need people of color." And oh I was like, God. "Well, at least she was look. She makes like, a good. She point. does make a good point." Um, but so one of the guys like in his efforts you know his family's like you can't do this anymore like we need to get out of this and he was like the middleman guy and so he attempts to uh uh open up a business that you know is like legit and he it's called like the the fuzzy kitty or something like that or the the something kitty but it's basically like a gentleman's club right. that he wants and so they they and that becomes a whole story oh in and of itself. God. And so he's like trying to do the right thing and set it up. But everybody wants to shut him down, shut him down, shut him down. Because nobody wants that in their community. So then he comes out with the church of the like pretty kitty or whatever. And he like makes it a church. Oh, right. So that turns into a whole. So, so the, then they like, don't pay taxes. Right. Yeah. So it's like a story on a story. So he like tries to do something the right way. I mean, that's and a then they kind of go force to. force him. And that was what somebody said on the documentary. Yeah. They're like, what some, some topless girls dancing, a brunch on Sunday. What? Yeah, that sounds like I want to go to church. That gets me closer to God. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime <sighs> yes. there's boobs out, I do feel close to the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Where did you watch that? Um, I watched that one on uh, Prime, Amazon Prime, because mm-hmm. I think I have the HBO oh, thing yeah, through yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know it's on HBO, and it's definitely worth watching because that one's a funny one. It's like...
1: Did you read about the guy that kidnapped the lady and he, and he forced her to watch Roots, the doc, uh, the film or the miniseries Roots What for nine hours. It's a nine hour miniseries. Yeah. And he wh- wanted to teach her about,
0: um, you know, white privilege. Wow. And- that's one way to do it. <laughs> How'd that work? Well, tell me about who did this. I don't
1: know. Some guy, some black guy. Wow. And he was like really passionate. And then they sat down to watch Roots. And you he, know, with Kunta Kinte. Yes, and all that? Yes, I sure do. Okay, so then uh, she would start complaining eventually, and then he'd be like, you, you're you going to watch this or I'm going to fucking blow your brains out. Oh, my
0: God. And, like,
1: he would all of a sudden get real serious. But then if she watched it peacefully, he was okay. And I don't then know. What? The, and then that's then how, the part and then I, then I don't, don't know.
0: Released her and then like, <laughs> I don't now know. she's an advocate? Or,
1: like, what? No, I think he may have not got his message
0: across. I think so, too. <laughs> that seems like it wouldn't really...
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I have to know
0: more about that for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just writing that down Roots <sighs> Kidnapping. So, this one was a really funny one. Um, you know how we were talking about the Mike's Bread thing, or Killer yes, Mike's Bread? Yes, yes. Um, Which I bought some just to see if it was. Yeah, it I just, was great. It is good, right? I can't believe it's healthy. So, I don't know if this came up like some. It was just like a weird coincidence. I think I was think- was listening to the show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And they were talking about it, but there is a new product that has come out. Mm-hmm. That it is a bread. It is a bread. Yeah, that is called men's bread. Oh no, organic men's bread for vitality and energy. What's in there? It is like a bread that's being. Fucking nothing. That's probably different than what's in women's bread. But wait, what did they promise vitality? Yeah, it says men's bread, organic men's for vitality and energy, and it's supposed to have like more protein. But look at it. It looks like it's catering to like like. It doesn't even. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So then that sent me down a a rabbit hole of hilarious things that are products for men and women that are different. So then I was thinking you know like is this just like I feel like a lot of the products that were designed you know quote-unquote for women is like this feeling that we want to feel like something's for us Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which like is oh that's fine and then these companies respond in like the incorrect way by being like oh here's the pink pen a women's pen and we're like no and could this surge of male products be a response to men feel yes. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And it like I was I had like a lot of thoughts about this the other day. They
1: my feeling about men is that when you've been privileged, Mm -hmm. equality feels like oppression. Yes. So we're moving in the direction. We are so far away from it, but we are moving towards equality, or at least talking about it more. Yeah. And they're starting to feel right oppressed, even though we're just righting the wrong. Right, I've heard this from a lot of people in Hollywood who uh-huh. are successful white men who all of a sudden are annoyed because places are seeking out... People of color, um, yeah. non-binary, you know, right. people that are in minority, and they are furious. Yeah, and they always say like, "But I get it; it's their turn." Like we've <sighs> had, like they get it intellectually. Yeah, but emotionally, they feel like they're being wrong.
0: And I think that the companies are profiting off of that yeah. and going, oh, you know what makes you, you feel need better? Some bread. Yes. You need this bath bomb that's in the shape of a <laughs> grenade so then you could feel like it's a manly bath bomb. A man grenade bath blaster. I mean, it didn't stop. This is a list of 80 things that I found where it was like on, on the Crest toothpaste it said, oh, like this is a bag of crushed salt and vinegar potato chips that's called a man-sized bag. You know, like written in pink, so a little confusing message there. <laughs> Mixed messages. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's complete bullshit.
0: I'm yeah. so sick of
1: it. And, I mean, I get it. People want to make money, so they'll just try to think of ways to do that. But um, it's so. One thing that doesn't make me mad though is taking my vitamins and being healthy.
0: And that you can do whether you're a man, woman, yes, whatever. Try
1: Ritual because I'm obsessed. I always wanted to take vitamins, but I never could because mm-hmm. they made me feel icky and vomitous. Yes, and even just the smell.
0: Yeah, that fishy. Ugh, no, it's thank awful. you. Blech.
1: And so I was delighted when Ritual came along because it's minty flavored and smelling. It's a multivitamin, but it also has like all oh, that's the vitamin D, which we, I need because I don't get outside enough. I'm in my bunker. Um, Omega three, all that stuff essential for women. Um, And they're traceable and transparent, and you know exactly what's in there, and they are designed to be gentle on an empty stomach, which to me is the big seller. Um, Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash brain candy to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash brain candy.
0: Man, it is just crazy to think about all the products and the the things and like the things that we try to gender and it's just the most insane like one of these things on here dude wipes they're wipes for dudes i know joke bought those and put them in um jordan and lucas's stocking one year i mean it's cute like for a stocking that's cute because clearly it's ridiculous that they're called dude wipes and it's like i mean are they different in any way no they're white, they're Do whites. they claim to be different? Do they say, like, they're thicker for men's butts? Oh, let's see. Uh, new pop-up dispensing. No nope. Soothing aloe extract. No nope. Fragrance feet. Nope. Sounds like all the things a woman's butt would like, too. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. And even scents, like... The weird thing is, is, like, we have, like, these, quote-unquote, male scents, like, smells. Oh, like And female wood. scents. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is, like, I feel like women... Like the scent of male scent because we like the male yes. that smell on them. Yes, and like I was reading something a long time ago that said the number one preferred scent from males is vanilla cookies. It like cookie like vanilla like sugar cookie kind of smell. They like it on our bodies. Yeah, they like that is the smell that, that is the most arousing. Ar- like yeah, causes the the like feelings the warmest. Good to know. Good, good effects in our bodies i'm just
1: gonna wash my hair in vanilla extra. right and i'm like oh they want to
0: like no wonder And then we kind of like associate that i always associate that with like the body sprays like from bed bath and beyond or whatever that i had when i was like <laughs> younger i just
1: read an article about the history of axe body spray it was oh really good it was super fun to read because it acknowledged the way that like you know technically <sighs> they were pit they, on the commercials it would be like a A young man, like someone in their 20s, like trying to get the lady or whatever, but really who was buying it was like a 13 year old boy whose mom was very tolerant.
0: Totally, and, like and agreeable. 50% of the time they were using it on their body and way too much. The other 50% of the time, that turned into a blowtorch that they killed ants with if they were anything like my brothers. Really? 100% that became a flamethrower. <laughs> Serious, proje- like that That propellant spray, mm-hmm. and my brothers lit everything on fire when they were in the, that age. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a, There's a hilarious video where they made a trail of... You know, we, and we lived in a house that was in a freaking eucalyptus forest, okay? The entire place is kindling. And <laughs> they made my, – my brother built a skateboard ramp outside, so they had their, like, half pipe, and then they made a trail of gasoline to the – ramp or whatevs then they their whole thing was like they were gonna like light that on fire and then like skate down so it looked like all this up this is why i'm glad my son is not creative oh my gosh well that at that point i think my mom just given up but (laughs) and then you know maybe like gasoline will burn so so then one person is videotaping this all on camera one person is videotaping and then one guy is skateboarding and then one of our well, I guess somebody else has like holding a towel, you know, like just in case something goes <laughs> wrong and they can put it out. So just they light case. it, skateboard the edge of my brother's front, like something catches on fire. They go to use the towel to put it out. The edge of the towel catches on fire. When my brother's friend throws pulls it back to go then fan it again, he ended up catching the bottom of his own shirt on fire. So then my brother is holding the camera, runs over and starts smacking him on the back. And then the friend gets mad, like, what the hell are you hitting me for? And turns around and like shoves my brother. He's like, you're on fire, dude. And it was just like the big, I'm watching this and I'm like cracking up going, you can never show this to mom. Ever. (laughs) Ever. This was on video. I don't, Mm. that video has, I don't know where it is, but this like,
1: That's awful. I remember
0: seeing that being like, I don't approve. They should have just
1: used it as cologne.
0: I should have just, like, yeah, pray for anybody who has boys, especially like sets of them, because that's the, then they just like,
1: yeah, it's exponential. It really.
0: Really is. No, I couldn't take it. You know what? Maybe they do need their own bread and their own. (laughs) Yeah, on second (laughs) thought. second thought, they're very different. They need their own everything. Yeah, we're not the same. (laughs) We're not at all. And if you can make all of their shit flame retardant, that would also be beneficial. That's really funny (laughs) and true. Like, the more I'm talking about this, the less I feel like, you know, (laughs) oh my God. So, yeah, so that cracked me up. And uh, thinking about all of the weird things that were male and female things. Can I tell you something I'm annoyed yes. with? Yes, please.
1: Um, you know how like every fucking two months, Linda, there are there is some story in the Associated Press, not even just like local news or something, of like, man, tips, waitress, $2,000 oh, on yeah. a $15. Yeah. Why? Why is this right. news? Tell me. I'm mad about it.
0: I think it's that same thing that you were saying before the goddamn about goddamn
1: good news movement, uh
0: huh, uh-huh, and that's like not it. It's it's covering up like the fact that really tipping culture and everything like that is rooted in like slavery, and it's awful oh and it's really bad it for a real is, and like right. uh, yeah, so like it's like oh well, just don't, ignore that and. You like, know.
1: why does it? Who? How does it even get in the news? Let's say I was a server and I got oh. a huge tip. I'm not calling WPXI. No, I
0: think maybe some, They take a picture. Like somebody will post it on like Instagram, and it becomes because like it's like one of those things.
1: I don't like. I sure. don't even know who I'm mad at. I'm mad at the tipper because, like, what are you doing? I don't get it. Yeah. Just give them the money. Like, why is this a tip? I don't get yeah. it. Then also, I'm mad that. This has happened so frequently, yet it's still considered news.
0: Yeah. This happens a lot, time. It's the everyone. good news thing. It's I don't like good news, apparently. Yeah, maybe, and you're making me not like it either. <laughs> but this is totally... It's because you're growing up. It might be, Yeah, right? It's like the more you know, oh, it's painful.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.
0: Yep. Um, this does not help okay. at all, but this is, you know, just a fun little thing from science that will only
1: okay. further
0: illustrate the points we're making today. Uh, sons age wild sheep mothers faster than daughters. Wait, read that again? Sons age wild sheep mothers faster than daughters. So wild sheep moms who <laughs> well, have well, boys. you keep
1: saying that like I know what that is. Like a
0: sheep, a wild sheep. Uh huh. So, like, a mother okay. of one of the like the, <laughs> yeah. a wild sheep that is a mom. Okay. She if she has a son, she will age faster. Wow. Than if she has a daughter. Explain that. Yes. What's so they the... looked at different things out in there uh, uh, about. It was really it was like breeding habits. So they were looking at how long can this female keep breeding? Okay. If she has daughters versus sons, and she expires earlier. She expires earlier. It says, um, like, uh, 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 it says apparently females who had a lot of sons when they were young were too worn out by the experience oh to care for their younger children successfully. So the ones who had sons, male offspring, mm-hmm. when they were younger, mm-hmm. had higher, had offspring l- later that had a less likely chance of survival because they were too worn out to properly care for those children. So if you have sons, slow down on having other children because wow. they will wear you out. Well, if, at least if you're a mother sheep, but I can't imagine it's much different. in right, you do wonder: is this
1: specific to that species, or or is this pointing to a larger? I
0: think. It, I mean, situation. maybe it says you know social factors are also more likely to affect you than it would these ewes. Hmm. Which is funny, you and ewes. Um, it said. Oh my gosh! But a study among the Sami people found that having more sons reduced women's life expectancy, while having daughters increased it.
1: Oh my god! But research
0: in other cultures has not yet replicated the results, and that is the last it line makes of the sense, article. Though. It does make sense, and don't they say that? That I've heard that female that when you are pregnant with a, f- a girl, that she ages your body faster while you're pregnant with her but then ages your body slower when she's born. But if you're pregnant with a male child, the male child ages your body less when you're pregnant with them, but then it will speed that right on up after you have them.
1: I'm really... That's why I can't watch the Gabriel Hernandez thing, because I'm so obsessed with my kid. Oh, it's the sweetest. It's sick. I I know that it is, (laughs) and I'm... I have a problem. You don't. And you're I never normal. thought I was going to be one of those people. I know. I remember you being like, even when that's he was young, me. I was I like, know. you know, whatevs. He's fine. <laughs> it's and now so I'm like, funny. my husband is so annoyed <laughs> because it's like he's been replaced in a way. Because <laughs> I, I read it. that that's when you have a boy mm-hmm. that moms like don't want to bang as I mean, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying right, is happening, obviously. but like they don't want to bang as much because they get affection. It's from, the
0: oxytocin. Yeah. you're getting that. That that oxytocin feedback, yeah, all the time. All your needs are already so when well, you need to have an orgasm because that's the other way we get that, right? Yeah. But I just
1: I did not see it coming. Yeah. It's super weird and annoying, yeah. and I have to like really hide it because if you saw, it's bad. Yeah, it actually changes your brain chemistry, and it makes what it makes you a pushover because that's what you know I am. What? No,
0: I, it was really interesting because I I'm also watching just like here and there that um, Netflix doc that's out called babies yeah and it's really cute i heard it's
1: nice it is
0: nice and it's not what you think it's not going to be all like goo goo Gaga like babies it's super sciencey yeah. and it's really the connect it's really talking about how how we learn about ourselves and about humans and about people and how we evolve and how we grow through learning about babies they tell yeah. us way more and some really really interesting findings that you know how you said so, uh, something happened after my son, where all of a sudden I like worry more and all this.
1: Yeah, I have anxiety.
0: Yep, there is an actual. They, it's a switch that happens where yeah. they look at the size of the amygdala, and the the amygdala, the activity in the amygdala like quadruples. Where it is, and once it's been activated. You can never deactivate no. it. And even when your babies are grown, you are still good. And there were little lines like that that would just make bring me to tears when I watched it. Because it was like, yeah, you'll always worry about your babies. I don't even have any babies yet. <laughs> that's like yet. how your mom talks. Yep. Yep. She's so cute. And that's cute. it. I could hear her because I was like, you'll always be my baby. That, and that's it. It's true. That
1: concept and then my own experience with my son has made me more um, understanding about my mother-in-law. Uh huh. Because, you know... She was very attached to Adam, mm-hmm. and then that was difficult for her when yes. he hooked up with me. And so now I'm like, oh, I get
0: that because
1: yeah. that's painful.
0: It is, and you have to be able to manage that transition. It's yeah. the launching and, yeah. like, the leaving the nest thing. Yes, Yes. Empty nest is a real thing. And but I think you when you don't have a husband, correct, then it's way worse. Way worse. You need a really strong social network. You need stuff that gives your life meaning. And changes your, uh, you know, part of your identity to like expand the de- your identity a yeah. little bit. But that's I get it because if you think of it as like a a pie or like pieces of a puzzle, and if being a mom is this huge puzzle piece, yeah, or takes up you know think of a, like a pie takes up seventy five percent of that pie, and all of a sudden you take that piece away, oh yeah, who am I? Who, who yeah. Am I? Mm -hmm. so you gotta make sure you're like add more puzzle pieces or i think one of the keys is
1: um that you really have to remind yourself about impermanence Mm. and that because whatever stage you're in like let's say you have a newborn and you're not sleeping right you think oh i'm never gonna sleep again (laughs) like this is my life now but it isn't but it feels like that right and then when you have a child my son's age Mm. then you see it and you have to remember this season will end. This too shall pass. Yeah, this too shall right. pass. sometimes
0: it does work.
1: Yeah, yeah. and f- if you don't get so attached to the feeling at that moment, then you can transition better, I think.
0: Yeah, I think you're right too. But easier said than done. I know, so true.
1: Because it's a balance. If you're going to do the thing where you're staying in the moment, mm-hmm. can be hard to... Oh,
0: it can be so hard. Yeah, Yeah. life's hard. It- Amen. That it should really be our tagline. I always say it. The hardest job is being a person. Mm-hmm. It really, really, really is. And you know, so like so many of those documentaries that can just help us with a little bit of insight into like going, ah, oh, okay, so that feeling I have is totally normal. Oh, when so that's you fine.
1: learn stuff like that and watch it, yeah. What do you think about you know how they um, sometimes try juveniles as adults?
0: Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Why do they do that? I I don't know. I think it's awful. I think it's really sad. And, oh, my God, that, that I mean, this, it everything you say always, like, triggers some story that I have written down. So this, it was so sad, I, like, didn't even want to bring it up. But in Orlando, there was a police officer who came into a school and arrested a six-year-old girl. I read that. I was heartbroken Yeah. In reading this. Six years old. And there's a video and she's crying. She's crying. so much. Can you imagine? No. 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 She's six and it's because, and they were arrested on a battery charge. Yeah. This is a kid having a temper tantrum and kicking a school, like, she's six years
1: old. Yeah. I am sympathetic because those people felt out of control and didn't know what to do. Yeah. Now, I don't know why, considering that's their job and they should be trained on how to handle it. But maybe they're not trained and they're thrown into these situations where they don't know how to manage a mm-hmm. six-year-old's temper tantrum. But that seems crazy. Now she's going to pay for their incompetency and, mm-hmm. and that's awful. Mm. And for sure she's traumatized. Yes. They absolutely. said that. That she like, when she sees a cop now, she has like a panic attack. Oh my gosh. Of course.
0: And the worst was the attitude that this officer had about it.
1: He he was the worst.
0: He said, there's a quote where it says, um, after leaving her in the car with the other officer, Turner returns to the school building where a woman staff member asks if the restraints are necessary. And the cop said yes. And uh, if she was bigger, she would have been wearing regular handcuffs because he zip-tied her. Wow. And then he tells a staff member that the youngest kid he he ever arrested was a seven-year-old who was stealing from Albertsons and thought it was a joke. And then... um, the seven is the youngest. She's eight, isn't she? The officer asks. The woman says, No, she's six. And he says, She's six. Now she's broken the record. She broke the record, the officer says. Why is he saying it like that? Isn't that sad? Yes. No six year old child should be able to tell somebody that they had handcuffs on them. They were riding in the back of a police car or taken to juvenile then center with fingerprinted and mugshots. Yes, and the mother and the poor, like that. Oh. I couldn't imagine. Nah. I would murder. Right, right.
1: there. I mean, freaking. I already want to take my kid out of school just for coronavirus. Oh my god, it's <laughs> crazy kind of out talk there. Me ledge. I know. When my mom uh, said that she voted for Trump, and it was Bible-based, like she believes that he is ushering in the end times, mm-hmm. and a lot of people well, believe you know, that. Kind of feels like. I the end I totally am I like, know. wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I think you're right. I didn't put it together, but Peg, I think you're right because oh the whole God. it's like pestilence and plagues, I know pandemics. If any of those rivers start turning red, we should <laughs> we gotta like they there was like a locust infestation. I was like. Oh (laughs) well, good thing my bestie is uh,
0: uh, has a PhD in religious studies. So like, well, you could at least tell me a little bit of info. Like, I mean, I saw that movie, The Seventh Sign or Seventh Seal or whatever. Uh I feel like there's some sort of like magic spell we could do if like shit really like I don't know. I'll get pregnant, sacrifice some sort, like, gotta like a virgin birth or something. Like here, I don't know. We'll work on it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, Uh, well, we'll
1: we'll see you next time if there is if there is a next
0: time. (laughs) God.